as it is here in Birmingham? Uh, it's a it's a gorgeous day, but it's a little cool, and uh, we're looking for snow tomorrow afternoon. I don't know how we go from this today to snow tomorrow. <laughs> I, I agree with you. It's uh, it's just the magic of Alabama. Yeah, it's the Alabama weather. I'd like to welcome everybody back today to Alabama Care, and today we have Mr. Carl Flemons, the State Rehabilitation Council Vice Chair. And we're going to be talking about Mr. Flemons' role on the SRC and his journey navigating the community. And at this point, I'd like to hand it over. Mr. Flemons, if you would introduce yourself. Uh, thank you, Alex. Uh, my name is Carl Flemons. Uh, I'm the Vice Chair on the, uh, the State Rehabilitation Council. Um, and the, the, the point of the council is um, um, the 10 cent definition is uh, to help individuals uh, with disabilities, any and all disabilities, uh, live a productive, uh, um, meaningful uh, uh, life and, 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 uh, and hopefully find employment that they enjoy and that they look forward to going to. Uh, so, uh, uh, yes, sir. By myself, now, the, uh, uh, go ahead. Please Alex. continue. Oh, uh, I was oh, just going to okay. say, now this, <laughs> you go ahead. So you're the guest on the show. This, I apologize for jumping <laughs> in. Uh, uh, no, you're fine, Alex. Uh, uh, please don't be bashful. Um, I myself am a, uh, uh, paraplegic, uh, 40 years post-injury, and uh, and I'm employed with the Alabama Department of Labor at uh, the Career Center in Decatur, Alabama. Uh, but uh, my experience with the uh, SRC uh, has opened my eyes to uh, a wide variety of different disabilities, and uh, I like to see uh, people living life instead of just uh, not feeling like they're capable. Uh, there's there's work for everyone if you uh, want to learn it. And, and, and Alabama's one of the leading states in the, in the nation on uh, putting people with disabilities to work, and I'm glad to see it. Yes, sir. Um, I didn't know that Alabama was one of the leading states there. So that is awesome to hear. Um, what do you think are some of the things that really contribute to those those numbers? Uh, we have a great uh, uh, voc rehab council uh, with the, the commissioner, uh, Miss Jane Elizabeth Birdshaw and uh, her staff in Montgomery and, and then the uh, um, staff throughout the state at the uh, uh, at the different uh, uh, voc rehab ADRS uh, facilities. Uh, we have one here in Decatur I'm familiar with and, and one in Huntsville. Uh, we have wonderful uh, counselors uh, that literally it, uh, their heart is in the right place. They, they want to help people. Uh, they want to see people uh, 
uh, just Leo. It productive. really comes. Yeah. And it, I think a lot of it too is like that one-on-one because um, you, you can have all these great initiatives and programs, but it really comes down to the consumer's contact um, with the counselor and their experience there and their learning there. Just like, you know, in a school and with the teacher, if you have a great teacher, you're going to excel in that class. And I think Voc Rehab, I've met a few employment counselors and they're very involved um, in the in their client's life um, and the individual uh, you know, both in, in the classroom, the one-on-one, but outside really encouraging them there. So now uh, you uh, mentioned Alex, that. You're... Oh. Alex, I didn't mean to cut you off, but you're exactly right there about the one-on-one. That's that's where someone can really connect and, and the counselors with their training, uh, they're able to help an individual just, just maximize opportunities. Um, mm-hmm. It's a wonderful program. Now you mentioned employment being um, dear to heart to you. Uh, And then you mentioned 40 years um, ago, you had an accident. Um, And what was that like for you transitioning from uh, before and after the incident and your work experience or just navigating that for yourself? Um, Previously, was an Air Force veteran, and uh, and after I re- uh, um, left active duty, um, I joined the Air National Guard because I love working aircraft. And then I was able uh, to be selected for a program with the uh, um, uh, Army Corps of Engineers at a hydropower dam. Um, I love working with my hands. And, and so I had a wonderful job uh, with, with the uh, Army Corps of Engineers uh, at a hydropower dam in Ozark, Arkansas. And, uh, and then one weekend a month, I would get back uh, doing uh, aircraft radar uh, at Little Rock Air Force Base. And I wrecked a motorcycle uh, in 1980 and it left me uh, paraplegic. And then I used the uh, um, uh, rehabilitative services of the VA at that time of going back to school and and getting a mathematics degree in uh, uh, instrumentation. And that allowed me to uh, um, more job opportunities since I'd be using a wheelchair for mobility. And, and I, I went to work for the flight test center in, in California. I uh, did that for a while. I uh, used to tutor math. And um, then about eight years ago, um, um, I came to work for the uh, Alabama Department of Labor um, as what they called a DVOP, D-V-O-P. And that was uh, a disabled veterans outreach program to help veterans uh, find suitable employment. Uh, and then this is where I got introduced to the uh, uh, State uh, Rehabilitation Council and, 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 and learning that there's um, just all kinds of disabilities. And uh, they, um, with, um, um, uh, with a lot of effort, and training, uh, 
there's 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 work um, that that we all can enjoy. Uh, I enjoy working. I enjoy being around other people. Uh, so I just feel I'm very, a very fortunate. I'm a very outgoing person, so I receive like I rejuvenate when I'm around others on a team and working. Um, I always liked being on a team growing up, whether that was sports um, or whether it was just working as a crew together to try and and uh, accomplish a mission. Um, and before I move on there, I want to say um, I thank you for your service um, in the Air Force and afterward um, as an American. Thank you for that. Uh, you're welcome, um, Alex, and, and thank you. It sounds like you didn't really before and after the motorcycle accident. It didn't. You didn't slow down at all. Uh, you, you kept you kept training and you kept looking for new work opportunities. And I think that's so important. You, uh, you're exactly right. And um, I just feel like I was one of those fortunate individuals uh, that uh, there were resources available. Uh, and, 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 and similar to you, I enjoy being around uh, people and, uh, and it just adds more to life. Uh, yeah, these past two years have been a little difficult for me. Um, we can only take so much working from home. I'd rather be in the office. Yeah. I know that's a big thing going on in the news right now is the working from home versus going back into the office. And I would prefer you know, almost like a hybrid, but I like being around people um, and it, it helps me get energized there. Now, you mentioned that um, a lot of the success, um, a lot of your success, not all of it, but some of it came from being around resources that you could um, take use of. And those came through the VA initially because of your service in the Air Force. Um, and then, go ahead. Uh, well, you're, you're correct there. And then that opened other doors. Uh, when I moved back, I'm from Alabama, so uh, I moved back to Alabama uh, to be around family. And uh, that's where I finished school. Uh, was at Athens State, and uh, uh, which is a wonderful, accessible place with, with wonderful instructors. Uh, um, now, most people, when they have an injury um, later in life, maybe they don't have the services of the VA, they didn't serve, um, but they do have the services of like EDRS um, and Voc Rehab through there. Um, and so you kind of received some services through the VA. And as you continue to be involved in the community, how did you learn about um, the State Rehabilitation Council? If you would walk us through um, who introduced you to it, how you got involved, those types of things. Okay. Um, the way it initially started uh, was because I was a veteran. Uh, I was involved with more veteran programs. And, and then as I got to know people in, in Montgomery, I was introduced uh, to Dr. Graham Sisson, um, which is a very talented uh, individual um, that um, is a workhorse for Alabama and Voc Rehab 
and, and is an excellent role model. And, and through the work uh, with Graham, and uh, got more involved with uh, the ADA, uh, Americans with Disability Act, and uh, um, how it has evolved here in the state uh, with accessibility issues. Um, one thing literally led to the other as uh, becoming involved with the SRC um, and, and disability issues. Um, I've been very fortunate uh, um, to be involved in, in, in uh, just, I don't know how helpful uh, my contribution has been, but, but I know it has helped me and wanted me to do as much as possible because um, me as a paraplegic, um, I don't feel lot. I don't feel a lot of limitations. Uh, granted, I use a chair for mobility, um, but I drive. Uh, I can travel. Um, um, and be involved in everyday uh, life. Be very active in the community. Um, and uh, I'd like to give a shout out to Dr. Graham Sisson again. He seems to be in a lot of places and doing a lot of different things. We've had the opportunity to have him on here on a few broadcasts. Um, and I've got the chance to meet him in person a few times. And uh, I feel very fortunate that he's involved in his capacity uh, for Alabama and for Alabamians in the way that he is. And the same thing for you, sir. Um, something that I hear quite often is making sure that uh, the community has a seat at the table, that the community, um, when things are getting decided at a state level, it's very important for those that are receiving the services to be at the table to help make those decisions of what's going to happen. Um, so for you to be a, a part of SRC and help that decision-making process, um, I think is a very good thing. Um, now, am I right in thinking that the State Rehabilitation Council kind of advises uh, the Alabama Department of Rehabilitation Services? Uh, you are. Um, um, I don't have my list in front of me of the makeup of, of the uh, uh, individuals on the council, uh, but it, it includes uh, uh, everyone from a consumer uh, as a disabled person uh, to employers uh, that want to expand the opportunities at their place of, of business uh, for, for uh, uh, all working conditions. And, 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 and something that, that, that you just said that I really appreciated uh, being reminded of, uh, is a seat at the table. Um, um, it's it's one thing for people to uh, want to assist and want to help. Uh, I think that is a demonstration of a good heart, but it means even more when you include uh, the individuals in the discussion uh, because uh, if, if they're gonna be the, the party to it, and the one using, uh, uh, the, say, the resources, uh, they can give you a more real-world uh, viewpoint of, of how 
applicable the uh, uh, resources may be to that individual. Yeah, and you know you can think up all of these grandiose things and try and say you're going to save the world, um, but if you don't have the individuals that are going to be receiving the services actually implementing those things, you might not see some of the challenges that you didn't think of. Just in the same way, when when you got more involved in SRC, it, you mentioned that it really opened up your eyes to other disabilities um, and taking that into accommodation as well. Maybe for employment, it's not just um, physical challenges um, and accessibility, but maybe there are also um, some things that um, need to be taken into account intellectually. Now, I have a family member um, that has an intellectual disability. And, um, you know, so sometimes I see things and it's like, well, I wish it had more of an emphasis on intellectual disability there. I think she's kind of being left out in some ways. Um, but to have a seat at that table, I think, is kind of the first step there. Exactly, Alex. And, uh, and, and you described it much better than I did. Um, it's humbling when, when you see people finally uh, feeling like they fit in. And, and, and that's all any of us want. Uh, um, we want to be among our peers. And uh, I appreciate hearing uh, your point there. Uh, and, and, and thank you for this opportunity to uh, be in front of an audience also. Yes, sir. Um, now, you mentioned that there are employers that are part of the SRC. Um, what are you hearing from them? What are the employers saying about uh, hiring right now? Uh, excellent question. What, what we're hearing uh, is we need everybody that wants to work to apply for work. And, and, and when training is, is, uh, is needed to, uh, for someone to, uh, to be quali qualified to work, uh, they need to have an opportunity to get the training because in the last two years, we have such a shortage of um, eligible qualified employees at this time. And, and, and it's it's nationwide for us. Uh, I have heard jobs, that job. Yeah, I have heard uh, that. Got, um, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry, Alex. We've got more job opportunities than we've got people that are applying. I have heard a silver lining from the pandemic is that uh, the employment in the community, the disability community has gone up. Uh, that more employers are opening up the doors, uh, so to speak, for the community to make it easier for them to gain employment. Uh, you're exactly right there. And uh, I don't think it's uh, that employers have not wanted to hire people with disabilities. They, they've just not been aware of the capabilities. And, 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 and this, is, this has been... Um, a good opportunity uh, for more people uh, to get back in the workforce. And, and so we are thankful for that. I have a question. Uh, this is something that I've uh, asked on before, but 
Um, for somebody that's looking for employment, how would you suggest navigating the relationship with the employer when it comes to uh, speaking about accommodations? You think that's something that should be more in the forefront? It, um, I think initially um, that um, for uh, someone looking for employment, the first place to discuss that would be with their VR counselor. And, and because they're going to have the experience with the individual employers in their uh, region or, or community. And, um, and a lot of times uh, that VR counselor has seen someone with a similar uh, um, disability and, and can ask certain questions about their capabilities uh, and present that to prospective employers and, and they can head off some of the uh, um, uh, the initial, well, how do we make it accessible for this person? Uh, most of the time, it's not near as difficult as, as an employer might initially believe. Um, so kind of rely on your VR counselor there. They are in your corner. They're your trainer. They're your hype person. Um, you're going to have a lot of questions that you may not know the, the answers to in this journey of employment. Um, so rely on your VR counselors. That's their sole mission is to get you prepared, get you in the workforce, and make sure that you stay there where you want to stay. Uh, that's exactly right, Alex. Now, um, what are some current initiatives that the State Rehabilitation Council has um, currently? And then um, what are some initiatives that might are, are in the future for the next few years? What can people expect? Um, um. I'm not as prepared to give you uh, a good answer for that one, Alex, except that, that the future is looking a lot brighter. Um, we're, we're seeing uh, the biggest holdback is, is people's, um, when I say people, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say able-bodied. Uh, sometimes there may be perceptions that a person with a disability uh, is more limited than they actually are. Um, and, but, but that we can, we can change that, uh, through communication and, and, and sometimes with demonstration and, uh, uh, that reminds me of like putting limiting beliefs because we all have some limiting beliefs for ourselves. I can't do that. You know, I'm, I'm scared of heights. I, I'm the, I don't want to jump out of an airplane. I'm sure you've probably done that before. Um, and, uh, but putting those limiting beliefs on others um, can be detrimental to yourself and them. Um, it reminds me of a story I heard where a, a mom was really surprised that her young child um, was able to do everything they were able to do on the playground, um, playing with other kids, um, you know, and just being 
really happy and enjoying that moment and being totally surprised by what their kid was able to do. And it's like, well, sometimes you just got to let them challenge themselves. They'll surprise themselves and surprise you in the meantime. Um, and I think that comes with more interaction there. You, uh, good point, Alex. You're, you're exactly right there. Um, it, I don't know if it's just a Southern expression, but, uh, but it, it's often you've heard just get out of my way and I'll show you what I can do. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> um, now, as you say, the future looks bright. Um, it's looking brighter. What are some of the changes that you've noticed in the community in the last 40 years? Like, for instance, my family member, she's 57. She was in Partlow, which was an institution in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Um, typical institution and Alabama did away with the institutions um, some 20 years ago, I think it was. Um, but what are some other things that you've noticed being a part of the community in the last 40 years um, that is a lot better today? Um, I appreciate you bringing up Partlow. Uh, when I was in high school um, in the early 70s, uh, we actually made a field trip to uh, Bryce and Parklow in Tuscaloosa. And um, it was not uh, a pleasant trip at all. And, 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 and I'm glad to see that, that we've moved uh, forward uh, on inclusion of people with disabilities. Um, uh, transportation uh, opportunities um, uh, especially if you live, uh, uh, if, if, if you do not uh, drive yourself, but if you live where there's, there's buses or, or um, some of the other accessible vehicles that you can get to work, um, um, uh, yeah, I've never, I never got a chance to actually go inside Partlow. Um, now, I grew up in Philadelphia, and I would come down here and visit my grandparents during the summers. Um, and there would be times where we, me and my grandfather would drive and we would pick up my aunt um, from Partlow, but I never got a chance to go inside. I was just kind of waiting on the curb, and I was still pretty young at that point. Um, but to see the transition from what her happiness at that time, and now she lives in her own home, um, you know, she, she's living the high life. She's loving it right now. But to see that transition from, from her being kind of angry and mad and to really just enjoying life right now, I think speaks to the broader community and how we're going and how we're going to continue to go. And I see a lot of support going toward more very individualized services, um, individualized environments for long living. Um, and really the consumer has the choice. Uh, they're the lead on the team. Instead of having a seat at the table now, they are the leader in their own lives. And I think that transition has been very cool to see in the past few years for myself and also in my aunt's life uh, and how it's made a big um, impact on her. Uh, and a lot of that comes from organizations that you're a part of, like SRC. Um, again, good points, Alex, and what you said there about your aunt. Um, um, having choices and being able 
just to be herself. Um, uh, my home um, uh, is very accessible. It's all flat on one level. Um, everything from uh, 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 working in the kitchen, um, occasionally when I do prepare a meal myself, uh, um, uh, to getting through the living room um, and, and, and the laundry room. Um, uh, I do most of the laundry at home. Uh, it's a form of therapy for me. Uh, it's instant gratification. And, and, and my wife will tell you, you, you put the laundry in this basket and then it comes out in a nice stack over here on the dryer. And, 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 and that's a contribution at home for me. Uh, 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 being able to get in and out of uh, bed myself and, and, and having a bathroom that, that I can manage my care in. Uh, the expression you now, use, living the life, I feel that I am. Now, those accommodations, um, my aunt lives in, um, it's not a single story home, but she has chairlifts that she will get into um, and go up and down the stairs there. But it's taken a while for us as a family to help her build her home. Um, what was that like for you in, um, you know, did all of that stuff happen right away? Uh, those, those home modifications? Uh, initially, when I was a new injury, um, um, the house that I owned at the time, um, uh, the fellows that built the house uh, contacted my wife and asked her, what's Carl going to need when he comes home? And, 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 and uh, this was such a blessing that all initially what I required was a ramp to get in the house and uh, because the doorways in this particular it was a small house um, but the doorways were already 36 inches and um, uh, with me being a paraplegic uh, I could get around in the house now I beat up some cabinets and all the appliances and everything bumping into them and I think that just kind of goes with the territory. Um, but I was fortunate. And, and then we had hand controls on a car so I could come and go. Um, and, and, but I had buddies uh, that were quadriplegics. And, and, and that's, that's a much uh, more challenging environment. Mm -hmm. so, so I was one of the lucky ones. Yeah, I have a buddy um, who is a quadriplegic and uses a power chair, um, but still living a great life. I mean, I I think he uh, very much enjoys his day to day, and he had a, a great story that he's told um, a couple times. Um, but uh, to get those accommodations, I'd like to highlight the group. You said the builders reached out to your wife and asked, um, you know, what was needed. Uh, so that seems like a really, really great friend you know, to, to, for them to it, reach out. They, they were, um, 
it just so many things just kind of fell in place for me initially uh, and, and, and by the, the mercy and, and, and grace of God uh, and, and, and just good people. Uh, so, so I was really fortunate. Mm -hmm. um, not not no, to like minimize, to... yeah. Uh, not to minimize being a paraplegic, uh, or, or paraplegic compared to to to, to a non-injured, but things were good. That's that's the best way I can put it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's it's nice to have that that support network there. Um, now the. Uh, State Rehabilitation Council, you mentioned two things that are really of focus. One is employment, one is transportation. Um, what are you seeing as some, some cool things going on in transportation? I know there's a lot of talk about it, especially in rural areas, all the way up to we got to have a railway system connecting Huntsville, Birmingham, Montgomery, Mobile kind of stuff. Um, what are you guys seeing at SRC when it comes to transportation? Um. A little bit of frustration because um, overall uh, we need more public transportation uh, in, in some of your more populated areas. Um, Huntsville uh, has a, a, a route system with buses that's helpful. Here in Decatur we, we have a uh, on-demand type system where you can schedule a bus the day before. Um, I'm glad that's there, but I wish there were more. And, and, and uh, with the gasoline prices getting like they are, uh, maybe there will be more uh, uh, discussion on public transportation uh, because our highways are very crowded. Um, Airlines, there's still a lot of work to do for accessibility for uh, uh, for disabilities with, with airlines. Um, uh, yes, there's ADA regulations, but there's still more work that needs to be done. I heard um, somebody tell me it was kind of a little bit of a joke, but if you need a new chair, go get on a flight. Because they're going to lose it, they're going to damage it, and they're going to buy you a new one. Uh, I've had all of that happen to me with, with the airlines. Um, and, and yes, it is the normal joke. <laughs> Thank you for reminding me. Um, but there are some, some serious um, effects that happen because of that. There was a story just recently that one of our uh, McCartney Hager, who is an anchor like myself here at Alabama Care, brought to light that one of the advocates for accessibility, uh, her chair got broken and she had to get a new chair. Well, the new chair didn't, didn't fit quite right. And she ended up getting sores um, that she had to go to the hospital. She ended up passing away uh, from infection because the chair. Yes, sir. That, and, and that, um, I remember catching that story initially, and, and it's just heartbreaking, but it, it 
demonstrates um, the seriousness uh, of, of what can happen uh, with uh, equipment that does not fit you correctly and the importance of your individual chair. Uh, uh, a, a, a chair to a person who needs one it, it is it's like a piece of clothing. It has to fit you and, and for you to be able to, to use it and, and it not create worse problems. Uh, that was a very sad story. And there are a wide variety of um, differences in equipment. So most of my experience with a wheelchair has been with my family member um, and me sitting in her chair, which is kind of more of a transport chair um, that she uses in the community. Um, but then I had an opportunity at Lakeshore with Mr. Bob Lujano, who is a Paralympian um, with uh, murder ball. And uh, he taught me a little bit about a sport chair. And there's a huge difference um, just in those two chairs that I have uh, experience with. But you can go through uh, learning what works best for you. And I, VR will do some of that too. Or, or uh, ADRS will help you through that. Uh, you are correct. And um, Lakeshore, Lakeshore is such a blessing for the state of Alabama. It's a world-class facility uh, that uh, can open an individual's eyes to opportunities. Uh, and, and, and I've always said uh, we couldn't be, couldn't be more lucky to have it in our backyard. Uh, uh, you've, you've got everything uh, just imaginable uh, available there. Uh, uh, you, you're, you're swimming, um, uh, ambulatory uh, projects. Um, I love Lakeshore. Uh, yeah. Me too. My I, aunt I live goes there. She, I would go. Yeah, uh, my aunt is a member, and she uses the pool. It's um, really the only time that she's able to get around on her own um, without you know someone being there assisting her. Uh, so she enjoys the freedom that the pool offers. But I think that sometimes um, individuals that maybe are new to the community or have received a disability later, they kind of feel like they're not able to be active or, or compete and when you walk in the lakeshore that thought just goes out the mind because you see individuals doing incredible things um being highly competitive and i think getting into those organizations is really important um, for the community and just getting involved in your community uh, with other disability related organizations Again, you are right, and uh, uh, here in Decatur, uh, we have the uh, pool called the Aquadome that is open year-round, and uh, uh, they have a uh, transfer chair uh, that is water-powered uh, that will allow someone to transfer from their wheelchair to get in the pool. And uh, that's a nice uh, uh, thing to have. But what's admirable about Lakeshore, uh, you can just roll in the pool. 
That's what we do. That's what my aunt does. We go into a chair that is kind of like a PVC piping uh, chair. Very sturdy, though. And then that goes right down into the water. Sometimes she doesn't like it because it's a little bit cold. But once you get in there, then she's like, okay, yeah, we're fine. Just like at any pool. <laughs> exactly. Um, I'd like to talk a little bit more about employment and the confidence that comes from work. Um, I'll start off by saying, what would you say to an individual that is maybe reluctant or shy or nervous about employment in general, the hiring process, everything along there? Uh, I would look at the individual's uh, age, uh, and then I would... Uh, uh, want them to tell me a little bit about their self and, 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 and what kind of work uh, they previously did. Um, I, you know, if they're in their 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s, whatever, and, and, and um, versus um, uh, a young person in their teens going into their uh, first employment opportunities. Um, again, re, uh, referring back to the VR counselor uh, with an assessment is um, have a realistic uh, uh, idea of capabilities and, uh, and look for those opportunities. Uh, uh, and, and, and try not to be bashful. The uh, uh, you have to apply uh, at several places, uh, but again, with the way the uh, um, um, pandemic has been, uh, there are more opportunities uh, for us individuals with disabilities. So now is the time. If you've been wanting to work, now is the time. Um, and just like we were talking about, you know, being involved in your local community, going to Lakeshore if you have the opportunity, and kind of having that eye opening. There, um, there are sometimes those self-limiting beliefs that we can put on us, whether that's physical ability or, you know, ability to get employment. Get involved with ADRS and your your VR counselor. They are go they're going to open your eyes. They're going to introduce you to others, peers that have done it. Um, and I think that's a big part of it is getting connected with somebody that uh, has done what you're looking to do, because just seeing that individual and what they've accomplished gives you a sense of hope that, yes, you too can do it. Um, so getting involved with ADRS and your VR counselor, having a great relationship with them will do wonders just to your thought process. Alex, you're exactly right. And uh, uh when, when I was a new injury, um, two big things was uh, you are going to be your best advocate. And uh, if you're in a chair, uh, when you go in the room, you can't hide the chair to g just get over it. Uh, uh, it doesn't have to define who you are, uh, but it's but it's a part of you. Um, but what you said, Alex, get involved. Um, 
And I think, you it's, know, you get involved. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. Uh, no, no, uh, you're fine, Alex. Uh, there, it's, it's a big world with a lot of opportunities. And uh, uh, the, the, the best place to find out is going to be like ADRS and, and your local college. Uh, and, 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 and now with the internet, uh, you can see so much what people are doing. Uh, and, and again, back to the sports. Uh, uh, my time, it, it was wheelchair basketball. And, but there is so much more now. Uh, the, uh, the Paralympics, uh, where you see different athletes and, uh, and, and uh, uh, Paralyzed Veterans of America has uh, the wheelchair games. And you can look those up uh, uh, on Google. And uh, there's everything from ping pong, billiards, rugby, uh, uh, the field, uh, track and field races, javelins, weightlifting, uh, there, there's just there, there's just any number of sports and we all can find one that we like yeah and i think it's important to be active there for the body and the mind um i didn't know about the paralyzed games before i know that the world games are coming here to birmingham this summer and i believe this is the first time the world games are having um um, an accessible uh, game. Uh, I don't know if I'm saying that right, but I think it's a chair game, a wheelchair game. I'm not sure which one it is, but to see that happening, and I think Lakeshore has been a big part of that, working with the World Games and having one of those sports uh, be entered into the competition. Um, and it, it, go ahead. <clears throat> uh, yes, uh, with Lakeshore being a world-class facility, uh, I'm not surprised that, that they're at the front of this. Uh, it uh, They just got an excellent program there. Yeah, they really do. And they have a great YouTube channel. So if you guys want to watch videos, go to their YouTube channel. Um, but you have to make the first step. Um, you have to get involved. You have to walk through the door. You got to pick up that phone. You got to say, hey, ADRS, hey, VR counselor. This is what I want out of life. Um, and once you start doing that, it's always like I, I say the universe conspires, but things just start to come together for you in ways that you wouldn't have believed if you just start making those first few steps and people start to come around you and support you and opportunities open up that you never thought were possible. And they just come out of nowhere sometimes um, and they catch you off guard. It's like, yeah, let's do that. Uh, and it becomes more energized and exciting. But the first thing you got to do, you got to pick up the phone. You got to go. You got to meet people. You got to make the first few steps. It's always the hardest thing. You got to get to the gym. Once you're there, it's great. A positive attitude attracts other people. Positive mental attitude. Um, now, you mentioned advocacy there, and you are your your own, your biggest self-advocate. Um, is there a time where you had to really be an advocate for yourself in a new environment that you maybe weren't getting uh, accommodations that uh, you needed to, to live your best life? 
there's there were times um, when from one location to another there may not have been the same uh, accessibility and and then that's where you get your mind around the idea of uh, if I don't have this here, but I have it over here, uh, which is easier. Uh, sure, you, you want to change things here. Sometimes it's just difficult. And, and yeah. uh, uh, so but to know um, you got to know your rights and know what you're you need um and be very firm in that and, and know that there has been a, a lot of work over the last 50 60 70 years um for these laws for these rights <clears throat> and i think one of the one of the parts there is being familiar with them uh it will give you confidence in your own self-advocacy um in, in your rights there so i would recommend and i've heard others recommend knowing the ada you know those types of things um forward and back it can be it's a law so it can be a little bit of jargon uh, but uh you know spend some time getting to understand that uh so that you have that ammo in your tool belt uh if you do need it and one of the things that i'm hearing and is kind of uh, gaining a lot of traction, I think, in the last few years is legislative advocacy. So not just having a seat at the table in organizations, but being uh, having good relationships with your local legislators so that you are represented um, during the legislative session, you know, early in the year. Um, have you ever done any legislative advocacy, sir? Uh, yes, sir. Um, uh, a little bit at the state level. And, uh, and more so uh, on the national level uh, when I was uh, doing some work with paralyzed veterans. Uh, uh, but, but what you said, Alex, get to know your legislators where uh, they don't just see a, a letter from you. Uh, they know your voice, they know your name. Uh, um, the, the squeaky wheel gets the grease. And, and, and when you do have a problem, uh, yes, uh, uh, knowing your rights is very, very important, but also let uh, the other gatekeepers uh, that uh, can influence uh, something getting done. Uh, and, and, and here at the state level, uh, that's your, your state representatives and, and your state senators. Uh, uh, but in your local community, uh, let the mayor's office know if you're having a problem. Um, uh, yeah. You would be surprised how, know who you are. No. Yeah, you would be surprised how um, oftentimes if you make that call that the individual will get involved and help you navigate that challenge, whether that's the mayor or your local fire department um, or your local organization, those types of things. I've never, I, don't, I can't even imagine what legislative advocacy looks at, like at the national level. Look, that had to have been a really cool experience. Uh, it is uh, uh, in the Senate chambers, 
uh, when, when you're there uh, listening to bills being discussed, uh, and, and, and the key there is to be organized with a national organization uh, and, 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 and having your uh, um, problem identified, say, in bullet point format and, and, and getting to know uh, uh, your uh, legislator's staff. Um, a lot of them could be from your hometown. Uh, and, and, and they've had this opportunity to, to go work in D.C. Uh, it's, it's. I mean, I've only seen it on. With it. I've only seen it on TV. <laughs> you know, I'm like, oh, it'd be so cool to get in that room, but it seems so far away. Um, but I really like your points of, you know, being succinct um, so that your message is easily absorbed. You may not want to have 10 pages of 10 font where it's, you know, make it very easy for that individual to understand um, and be able to communicate that to his, his or her colleagues. And then I also really like the point of getting to know um, the staff of the individual, of the elected um, congressman or whoever that is, mayor, because they're the ones that are going to remind him about things. Uh, that will kind of reinforce your message. They may have a lot of stuff on their table, on their plate, so to say, but if you can get in and, and really um, make friends with the staff, they'll constantly kind of be in your corner as well, reminding, uh, hey, you know, um, Mr. Flemings uh, was by again today and, and this is his message and I think we should keep going this route. Uh, so make friends there. I, I feel like sometimes it can be very hostile where it's like things aren't going this way, they need to change right now. You need to listen to me and you need to get this done. And I don't know if that's the way to go about it. Uh, I agree with you. I, I don't, uh, uh, I don't like to bludgeon people. Uh, it, uh, if you get them on your side and, 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 uh, you can demonstrate, uh, uh, that things can be better, uh, and, 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 and you don't want a big song and dance. You just need to get, uh, it needs, it needs to be brief, but it needs to be accurate. Uh, and, 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 and whatever you do, uh, be valid. Do not tell a lie because, uh, there goes your credibility. Mm. Yeah, and that's all you have. Your word, you gotta. You won't get any more opportunities if if, uh, if you're not truthful and honest with the people you're interacting with. That's exactly. uh, that's got to be first and first foremost. Um, well, as we kind of come to a close here, sir, I want to say I really appreciate you taking the time this morning to introduce uh, yourself to the community here for those that are unfamiliar with what you do in your work at the uh, State Re Rehabilitation Council and introducing the SRC. Um, what I would like to ask in a closing question here is, is there anything that we haven't talked about that an individual or a family uh, could really benefit from hearing about the disability community? Um, each one of us, uh, 
uh, we're all one of God's children and uh, we all uh, want to feel connected uh, uh, we want respect that requires us to have respect for others and uh, um, we, we want to be appreciated but, but again that comes back do we appreciate the people around us and then as individuals uh, we want to connect with another individual uh, uh, life is better shared um, I don't think anyone truly wants to be alone. And, and Alex, I really appreciate your patience this morning. Well, we appreciate your time, sir. And I think that was so well said there. Um, you you got to be active in your community. People are wanting to be your friends. They're wanting to be your coworkers. Don't be scared about doing that. It can be a little scary at the beginning, but your life will be so much richer by having those connections, by having those relationships, by having that work that you do, that you feel proud about doing. And that's, that's a necessary thing we all need. No. Well, Mr. Flemons, I just wanna say thank you again um, for giving us your time this morning. Um, and we will go ahead and uh, go ahead and email this video to you as well. So if you wanted to use it for anything else there, uh, but at this time, what we'll do is we'll just wave at our respective cameras uh, to the audience and we will say, see you guys next time. And then, sir, what you can do 